0: Welcome to the Uncomplicated Leadership Podcast with Caleb and Chrissy Cole. Join us as we learn to lead together from the simple to the strategic. Our goal is helping you uncomplicate your leadership life.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, we want to welcome you back to another (laughs) episode of the Uncomplicated Leadership Podcast with Caleb and Chrissy Cole. I am Caleb welcoming you here and across from me is the incredible, the amazing the beautiful, the talented.
0: Keep going. That's all I got. (laughs) Chrissy (laughs) Cole. Chrissy Cole here, Caleb's wife of almost 13 years. And we're so excited for you to be joining us for another episode of the Uncomplicated Leadership Podcast. We say here that we go from the simple to strategic with the simple and strategic. Our goal is to help you uncomplicate your leadership life. And so every single one of you are leaders. We all have a level of influence in our lives that gives us the privilege um, and the duty of leading others, and we have to lead them somewhere. So as we uncomplicate our leadership, I think we recognize where we're leading people, how we're leading people, and and we want to steward that responsibility well.
1: Yeah, leadership is a great responsibility, and one that we all have just in different uh, phases of life, aspects, uh, and we all have different levels of influence and leadership. But at the end of the day, we believe that everyone is a leader Mm -hmm. and we all are just leading in different ways, whether it's leading our homes and our families, our children, or leading an entire organization as some of you do. Um, We all are leading and we all can grow in how we lead in our, our giftings as it relates to leadership
0: yeah so if you are joining us for the first time we come out with an episode the first thursday of every month and so we're happy that you joined us if you could could you share this tag us uncomplicated leadership podcast on ig or youtube are we on youtube no we're on spotify (laughs) or spotify or youtube coming soon yes or apple so coming soon. There's, spring twenty twenty. There's a lot of exciting things happening um, in the spring here in our organization. So uh, make sure you follow us, like us, and share us just because we want others to be impacted by what we feel the Lord's given us about leadership.
1: Yeah. So we have been walking through myths as it re- regards or it relates to leadership. So myths surrounding leadership. And last month, we talked about the myth that leaders can't show vulnerability. And we realized like, hey, this one is so in-depth that we need to break it into two parts. And so uh, last month was part one of Leaders Can't Show Vulnerability. And today is gonna be part two of Leaders Can't Show Vulnerability. So we thought it'd be good to just recap real quick uh, what we talked about last month, in case any of you missed it. If you did go back and listen, but I, I think this is a good framework for us. So first, there is compelling evidence that leaders who are prepared to show their vulnerability more easily can gain the trust of others and are actually, in fact, more effective leaders. And so the evidence points to the power that lies in leaders having and showing vulnerability. You're a better leader. Uh, People are able to connect with you more, respect you more, follow you uh, more effectively when you walk with vulnerability. And unfortunately, most of us in leadership, including myself at times, have fallen into the trap of not wanting to show vulnerability or buying into the myth or the lie that we can't because if we do, it somehow lessens us in right. those who are beneath us organizationally, mm-hmm. uh, those who we are leading in their eyes.
0: Or and even who... That is a myth. Or even who were trying to impress the people above us. So um, we're trying to maintain this look that we got it all together um, because we want to move up or we want to, you know, just do better. So we want to get that achievement award by presenting perhaps something false.
1: Yeah, I think what struck me last time as we dug into this was just even the idea and the definition of vulnerability and Mm -hmm. that it was all negative things. It was... Uh, all these things that we would associate with weakness. So defenselessness, powerless, passivity, feebleness. That is, those are all the definitions of vulnerability, mm-hmm. nothing positive. Mm-hmm. But if you actually look at the synonyms, it's openness, receptivity, and sensitivity. But we don't really reference those. Right. We focus on the definition of vulnerability. And mm-hmm. that's why people avoid vul- vulnerability rather than mm-hmm. if we really focused on the strength and vulnerability and yeah. the, those words that are synonymous with it, mm-hmm. they actually are coming from a place of strength. But we bought into this lie. So many of us, as leaders, I think even as like husbands and wives, for uh, sure. as parents, uh, that man, we cannot show vul- vulnerability. And we want to debunk that myth. And mm-hmm. I think last week was a good uh, framework for us. So, real quick, we hit the first four things that vulnerable leaders do. And they were that they accept vulnerability as a strength. They admit and own their mistakes. They share their fears and insecurities and they don't take themselves too seriously. So we had eight, mm-hmm. eight things that vulnerability, vulnerable leaders do. <laughs> uh, and we hit the last or the first four last time last month. And so this month now we want to hit the second four
0: yeah the second four which will make up part two of leaders can't be vulnerable which is a myth and num i guess this would be the number first five. number five but the first for part two yes. um is that leaders share their own experiences journey and challenges listen essentially what we're saying is that There's always a process of growth, discovery, and challenges in life, especially as leaders, but you can't do it alone you have to share these experiences with others around you. If you're leading others, you have to share with others. Mm -hmm. Um, If otherwise they're just either your slaves or they're doing your bidding and you're going to quickly find yourself isolated and no longer leading anybody. And so um, this process of sharing your process, journey and challenges can be difficult and painful, but it doesn't always have to be. I think the more transparent we are about our own process and the more willing we are to let people in around us to know what we're dealing with, we're learning about what we're being challenged by, um, that will help others support you as a leader. That will bring others into a relationship with you, which will probably um, make some experiences less painful. How many people know that, you know, when you're going through something alone or when you're going through something difficult, it's more painful to go through it alone than it is to go through it with people. And so it is so important for us to share their process and their journey and challenges with other people. And, you know, leaders are always working with people. When you're leading others, you're working with people and you want them to have insight into who you are, how you operate. And if you don't give them that insight, then you're just going to continue to miss one another. There's going to be more misunderstanding. There's not going to be an open environment that's in, that's conducive to your individual growth or the organization's collective growth so sharing the process is so important but I do think that we have to remember that vulnerability isn't just dumping on people and share and I think I said this in our last yeah, episode um, so we do have to guard ourselves from dumping uh, but also just you know realize that we can have people part of our journey and let them know what your strugg- struggles are what your challenges are and what the process is
1: well inviting people into the process also mm-hmm. enables them to buy in mm-hmm. to the end goal or mm-hmm. result mm-hmm. i think that so often we present this is what we want mm-hmm. and uh, i'm going to do my part you just do your part mm-hmm. you know you're a cog in the machine yeah and when we invite them into the entire process which, which also includes man it's a journey Yeah. And there's challenges in the journey, but every time you go through a journey with someone, you come out closer. I don't know if you've ever gone on a trip with someone or, uh, you know, I've been on some missions trips with people Mm -hmm. or been on some adventure trips with individuals. Every time when we came back from that journey, we were extremely close because just going through a journey, struggles, challenges, Mm -hmm. uh, ups and downs with someone else experiencing something together there's Mm -hmm. a closeness that happens and so simply inviting you know your team into the journey with you including the challenges yeah uh, including the process Mm -hmm. will bring it it's like a bonding agent
0: yeah I actually think that a great recommendation to anybody who's wanting to start a business start an organization is that when you get your team together perhaps one of the best things you could do is go on a retreat or go on a team building trip, um, yeah. and I'm overnight would probably be ideal, just because you get people for like whole twenty four hours, and you just get closer. And so I don't know what that would look like um, prof- on a depending on what the organization is and on a right. professional level. But it's just getting into one another's lives is so important because if we don't if we aren't a part of people's processes then we or we don't invite people into our process then the the temptation is to become um to carry a facade of perfection and Mm. so but when we recognize that we're all people in progress that we're all processing then we avoid the trap of trying to be perfect yeah so good yeah so share your process journey and challenges with others you're leading
1: good so second today Uh, or number six Mm -hmm. of these uh, eight things that vulnerable leaders do is they ask for and receive help from others. And I know this seems like pretty obvious, like, yeah, ask for help, uh, receive help. But as leaders, I think most of us like to help others, but we have a very difficult time asking for and or receiving help. We feel like we have to do it. We gotta handle it, you know. Handle your business. Um, <laughs> take care of your own mess. Yeah. Uh, and we don't want to request or receive help. And it can be perceived by ourselves. I don't think by others, but we can perceive it as an admission of weakness mm. or some kind of acknowledgement that we're not capable of doing it on our own or or accomplishing right. something in our own strength. And man, what a lie! And and what a pitfall for us to fall into as leaders that we don't need help and that we don't want to receive help. I think we all recognize like we need help. Mm -hmm. None of us can accomplish anything in this world on our own. And if you think that you are, you know, lying to yourself, even the fact that you're in the position you are right now is because someone else got you to where you are, whether it was the only person you can give credit to is your mother who birthed you (laughs) and, and, fed you and clothed you and raised you. Like if that's the only person you can give credit to at the end of the day, like you needed help. And even still now, you know, as we grow older and we lead, you know, organizationally, we lead in our families, we lead in our homes, we lead, you know, friends, coworkers. We have to be people who say, no, Mm -hmm. I can receive help. And I even need help. I think that being the kind of leader who's comfortable enough with ourselves, and the people around us to admit when we don't know something or we can't do something or we simply need help in making something happen. um, If we can acknowledge that and see it not as a sign of weakness, uh, but a sign of strength and opportunity to empower others, that's when real, I think, leadership development happens. And I think not just for us as leaders, but also for you know, the people underneath us. Totally. They're able to see us grow as leaders in that vulnerability of saying, Hey, I actually need help. I don't know everything. I don't have all the answers. Why don't you come into this with me and and walk alongside me? And that even goes back to the last one, which is the the process, the journey, Mm -hmm. uh, and the challenges. And when we don't know something, most likely there's someone around us that does know it.
0: Right. When we have
1: a weakness, there's most likely someone around us that that is actually a strength. Mm-hmm. And what I found is that sometimes the areas of my own weakness who I'm hesitant to ask for help in, uh, they are areas for someone else that are strengths, but usually they're things I don't like to do. Yeah. But what I realized is that there's a lot of things I don't like to do, to do that other people love to do.
0: Right, right. So
1: not only am I allowing people to do what they love to do, but they're also walking in their strengths. Mm-hmm. They're able to, Fill a void where I had weakness, mm-hmm. and I'm able to empower someone mm-hmm. uh, in an area that I don't even like doing anyways. Right. And so I think that so often we we want to be this strong, you know, independent leader, mm-hmm. and we're doing ourselves a disservice, and we're doing the people around us a disservice by right. not inviting them into these areas yeah. where we could actually not only do we could we use them, but we need them.
0: Right? You know, I think that asking for help. And actually receiving help from others, Mm. um, that leads to just an empowering leadership model. Um, and it, and, and again, it just places value on the people in your organization. You know, if you're not one to ask or receive help from others, then you're essentially devaluing the people who are closest to you, who are helping you on this mission. And again, I feel like if we do not become more vulnerable, we just begin to isolate ourselves and the mission that we have set out to accomplish will just look further and further away and I think we start departing from that but you know I,
1: I was thinking about it because uh along these lines like for me personally mm-hmm. I remember it was probably like two years ago when one of our staff after another event that I had attempted to plan and which means you know last minute not caring about the details mm-hmm. not you know mm-hmm. not uh concerning myself with all the nitty gritty because I have the personality like I got the big vision but it'll just happen you know (laughs) Yes. and uh, you and
0: I both love (laughs) and another
1: event went by and our team was very frustrated with how it was (laughs) executed they were uh, frustrated with me and my leadership on it and one of them came to me was like Caleb you should never plan events Mm -hmm. and I could have you know in that moment been like what? How dare you? Like, I'm the leader of this organization and Mm -hmm. uh, I'm gifted. And, but it was just like, I had this moment, which I think was a moment of humility Mm -hmm. of like, you're right. Mm -hmm. I shouldn't because I am not detailed. I'm not administrative when it comes to the nitty gritty. Like, I just don't think that way. And so this individual and organization was like, let me plan the big events yeah, and you just give the vision for it, Mm -hmm. you know? And I'm like, you know what? Let's do that. And so yeah. for two years, I have not planned an event. You know? yeah. I've, I've released and empowered. But it was like a moment of me having to humble myself and say, you know what? You're right. That's not my strength. Mm-hmm. And rather than forcing and trying to make it turn into something that was a strength, and we can learn things and learn strengths and new abilities. I had people around me that actually were good at that and loved it. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, Okay, you plan the events from now on.
0: Right, yeah. And I think it was important for you to receive that help. But I do see when leaders and perhaps even myself where we have not received the help. And sometimes um, I wonder if it's just a matter of avoiding in, a, an internal look at yourself. you were able to humble yourself because you knew what your weakness is and you knew what your weakness was. But yeah. when we are unwilling to receive help, I think, um, I think the way that fleshes out is that we're actually major givers. Sometimes I wonder if people just want to give and dish out um, and do a lot of the um, giving and generosity and, you know, like giving the advice, helping uh, and really just to avoid an internal look at themselves. And so you overcompensate by pouring out, pouring out, pouring out and saying, like, this is my job. This is my job. This is my job. This is my role as a leader to pour out, Mm -hmm. pour out, pour out. And then you're like pouring yourself like. Out And you're getting probably emptied to a point that you're just, it's creating a deficit in your own heart. And so I feel like this actually leads to, um, it just leads to not being able, leaders unable to take a closer look inside. Because I mean, a lot of things that we're talking about, it seems like very external things, but vulnerability has a lot to do with your heart and what's mm-hmm. actually happening in your heart. So we have to start asking ourselves why we make the decisions we make, why we act the way we act. And maybe some of our giving is out of overcompensation for not taking a look inside and giving up on like giving up some things so other people can do it and receive yeah. help. Do yeah. You know well, Because
1: we want to position ourselves yeah. and solidify our position as the... Right authority or the expert or the top dog yeah and so that's what controlling leaders do right and so they hold on to everything mm-hmm. because they think that by if someone else was to step in and do a good job it would diminish them right and elevate someone else mm-hmm. rather than good leaders recognize that whenever someone else wins we all win yeah and if I'm the leader, then I'm winning by empowering someone else to walk Mm -hmm. in their, you know, God given strengths and natural abilities. But that takes secure leaders. Mm -hmm. And the reality is most leaders and most Mm -hmm. of us walk around in insecurity. Right. And this is why it's so hard to be vulnerable.
0: Right. And this is, this leads to the next um, thing that leaders do to become vulnerable. They continually check their ego at the door. Um, you know, most leaders of organizations, their Achilles' heel is the hubris. Can you talk to us about what the hubris is? Is a part of the brain? This is like a big word that neither of so, us. No, so hubris describes
1: a personality <laughs> quality of extreme or foolish pride or dangerous overconfidence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's often in combination with arrogance.
0: Right. And so essentially it's ego. You know, we have to check our ego at the door, but it's really the first introspective step towards managing your humanness and your imperfections um, in the on the executive level of leadership. Um, In our experience, people who are leading operate in kind of um, (laughs) in kind of an echo chamber in which their executive team panders as the boss <laughs> and i mean that's like a dangerous place to be mm-hmm. like you just hear your own ideas your own thoughts and everyone's just saying yes to you and yeah you know and so I, I just really feel like we as executive leaders this is this is probably specific to executive leaders that you check your ego at the door everyone always has to check their ego at the door but i think when you are the quote-unquote top dog when you're at the top of the organization you have to check yourself. And if you don't have people around you who know what's actually happening inside of you, then you're gonna continue to um, operate in your own strength and your own strength is never good as a lot of people's strength as a team's strength, you know mm-hmm. And so um, yeah, just be careful to check your ego at the door and all these previous, Um, things that leaders do will help contribute to finding those people in your life who are going to be able to check you, finding other people in your life who you know that you can receive from and you can humble yourself in front of them, finding people that you can do life with and um, enjoy life with. Because when you're just listening to yourself and you're all about you and you think you're the God's greatest gift to mankind, like it's going to start getting lonely. Mm. And you're not going to have anybody along on the journey to celebrate with you the big wins. And worse, will not help you up when you have your biggest failures. Your yeah. ego will keep you for community. Your ev- ego will keep you from, you know, living out the purpose that you have and accomplishing the mission that you set out for you and your organization. So check, so check yourself your before you wreck yourself. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's what they say, right? Yeah. <laughs>
1: Or as we say, chiggity check yourself (laughs) before you wreck yourself. Uh, Uh, so finally the last, uh, or eighth, but fourth today, uh, thing that leaders, vulnerable leaders do is they open up to address relational vulnerability. And I think this may be, uh, for, for me, one of the hardest, just thinking about it practically. This idea of opening up yeah. and addressing even my own relational yeah. vulnerability, and yeah. meaning that you know vulnerability involves allowing someone, someone else, to act in your interests, and often when you are looking the other way. Absolutely. So it it means that you you have people around you mm-hmm. that step in and act and move mm-hmm. uh, and and take initiative. Even when you're not there, you're not present, mm-hmm. maybe your attention is diverted. Mm-hmm. And so this involves high levels of trust. And I think that within organizations, typically distrust mm-hmm. is running rampant. If you ever read Five Dysfunctions of a Team, uh, you know, that's something that we're actually going through with. Uh, we do a little leadership pipeline for young leaders in our church. And we're, we're in the middle of a session of that right now. And they're reading through Five Dysfunctions of yeah. a Team. But the big issue within uh, this book, it's a story, it's an illustration, is that they do not trust one another. There is a lack of trust. Right. And when there's no trust, uh, everyone is operating uh, for their own, for their own, to protect their own butt, so to say, right? They're mm-hmm. all operating uh, in a way that's like, I got to get mine. I got to protect mine. I got to make sure I look good. And not caring about how anyone else looks, not caring right. about how the organization looks. It's all about self-preservation. Mm-hmm. And I think that in order for us to lead effectively and be vulnerable leaders, we have to open up and and be open even to saying, hey, I'm going to let you in to my world. I'm going to empower you enough to say you can step in and even act when I'm not there, when I'm not present. Not that there isn't communication, but there's this relational connection, this relational vulnerability, and there's a trust that's built where we have people around us who essentially what Craig Rochelle says in his leadership podcast is we've empowered them to say yes. And I think that in most organizations, we have disempowered leaders and We, no one has the ability to say yes, except the top person, because we're trying to control everything. Mm -hmm. And when we, you know, step into the space of vulnerability relationally and in leadership, uh, we allow others to say yes. Um, That doesn't mean that there isn't communication, but there is, uh, we're, we're giving them the leadership capacity mm-hmm. to make decisions on their own and not where every little decision has to be ran through the top. Because mm-hmm. what we call that is a bottleneck. Right. And what bottlenecks do is slow down an organization, mm-hmm. um, actually moving it to a crawl. Mm-hmm. It's when you've been a part of organizations where every decision has to go through a committee or right. two committees or five committees. And I've been in mm-hmm. churches like this and you cannot accomplish anything. Right. So the more people we can empower to say yes, mm-hmm. the more quickly we can operate uh, and move an organization forward, and we always say in our church, like we are not uh, a cruise ship. We we have right now is a speedboat because yeah. we're a newer organization. We we adjust on the fly, which is why when this mm-hmm. pandemic hit, we had to go online for seven months. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was actually no problem for us. Our team was like boom, 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 boom. Like let's uh, let's adapt, let's shift, um, let's pivot. Why? Because our whole ministry experience, our organization's experience, has been. We make quick decisions. We move on the fly. We have a little speedboat. But as time goes on, your organization grows before you know it. You have an ocean liner, uh, a a cruise ship, and it takes a lot longer to turn that thing.
0: A lot more effort, a lot more work. And I really do like that. um, I've always loved that image of bottleneck um going back to that if you don't mind and i i just feel like vision leaks and if you want the vision of your organization to spill out on everybody and you want it to grow then you give people a level of access and authority with that vision and that is all built on trust Yeah, authority is good and i think that when you have give somebody the authority to say yes or no or weight, then um, that really is empowering leadership. But I do want to, I guess, warn us also that we can get to a place where when we trust others, um, we have to be careful of unhealth to where you're not, you need to delineate um, who you can trust, but not who you could perhaps abdicate for leadership to. So I, I feel like you have to be careful that you're In line with somebody and you have like a strong relationship where there's trust that's built but you also don't want to get to the point where you um, let go to a point of abdicating your leadership and so it's really finding the that delineation but another way that I can see like building trust going unhealthy is when you almost are relying on that the trust of other people and to fill you and not necessarily support you Um, so as so I feel like there's always a delineation of you know. N- yeah, we
1: don't get filled up by. You don't people. get filled
0: up by, but I actually see that you you have you give them an, a level of access to stand close beside you. Mm-hmm. Um, but we can, as leaders, get unhealthy and feel like we need and are needy, and we ask people um and the trust that they have with us is like something that fills us but it's that's something that yeah. can get really unhealthy real fast. Well we
1: be, can become reliant. Yeah, and codependent. On, <laughs> and codependent, reliant mm-hmm. on them mm-hmm. to fill us mm-hmm. when, you know, us as pastors, we would mm-hmm. say like you have to be filled mm-hmm. and fulfilled mm-hmm. through God, through your relationship mm-hmm. with Christ first. Um and most people are operating from a place of lack of, of emptiness. Mm -hmm. And it's why they, they can become Mm -hmm. unhealthy Mm -hmm. as leaders, even where it's a codependency, it's a neediness because we're needing people to fill us. Right. Uh, but we should be as leaders, we should be pouring out, not desperate to be filled up.
0: Right. And then bad decisions are made when you think that you trust somebody, but it was almost out of a need for yourself. Mm-hmm. And then you, yeah, you just start, things get unclear, can, things get confusing. And so, yeah, I, I've, that was something that I went through actually this last week, really having a difficult time with some leadership decisions and some draining conversations that were so difficult. And in our world, we kind of call that spiritual warfare, where there just kind of was a lot of difficult battles that we felt like we were fighting and lots of different fires that we we're putting out. And I did feel very guarded in a moment, in some moments. And I don't think that it was lacking vulnerability, but it was telling myself that I needed to be filled up first by for, by God, for us, it's God, and filled up by His Spirit, filled up by what mattered in my life, which were my kids and my husband. And so that when God brings other people around you, it's almost like your heart's so full, and when God blesses you with other people who are going to support you, it sends your heart, like, it's like He, props, he drops that into your heart that's already full, mm-hmm. and it just sends you overflowing, you know, but I just feel like when we're emotionally bankrupt and we're having a hard time, and then we are... Needing people to fill us, then that's when we can get unhealthy so we have to get yeah you know take care of ourselves, stay healthy, and then invite others in to either confirm and shield what's happening around you I think
1: it's a good way to end this is that our vulnerability has to start with us and God yeah. like we can't learn to be vulnerable with people first yeah. as leaders, which is what we we're challenging you with which is like don't buy into this myth that leaders can't be vulnerable uh, but it has to sh- has to start with us learning to be vulnerable with our Savior, with God, uh, so that he can begin to remove the junk and the mess and and the insecurities and the fear and the unhealth. And there's so much in us that affects how we lead people. Mm -hmm. And it's why we can't be vulnerable with people. It's why we're controlling leaders and not empowering leaders. Because it starts with us and him. And so vulnerability has to start there Mm -hmm. in order for us to then, learn to be vulnerable in a healthy way right? with people around us, in our organization, underneath us, beside us, above us, uh, mm-hmm. but leaders, we must be vulnerable. Do not buy into this myth. Mm-hmm. And so we're so excited. Thank you for joining us yeah. for another episode of the Uncomplicated Leadership Podcast. We hope that this did help you from the simple to the strategic. Mm-hmm. We want to help you uncomplicate your leadership life. So it's always a pleasure to be with you, my bride, Chrissy
0: same to you husband and we love that you all were able to listen so stay vulnerable um, and stay strong love y'all we hope you enjoyed today's episode of the uncomplicated leadership podcast with caleb and chrissy cole keep up with caleb and chrissy on facebook and instagram and caleb and chrissy where you can discover more resources if this podcast has impacted you please subscribe and review wherever you listen to your podcast